0: Welcome to Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast, where we will help you eliminate the noise and focus on the information and inspiration that you need to transform your business, impact supply chain success, and enable you to replace risky inventory with valuable insights. Join your Tech Talk host, Corinne Bursa, the 2020 Supply Chain Pro to Know of the Year. With more than 25 years of supply chain and technology expertise and the scars to prove it, Corinne has the heart of a teacher and has helped nearly 1,000 customers transform their businesses and tell their success stories. Join the conversation, share your insights, and learn how to harness technology innovations to drive tangible business results. Buckle up. It's time for Tech Talk. Powered. Our Supply Chain Now.
1: Welcome, Supply Team Movers and Shakers. Corinne Bursa here, and I am so glad that you're with us for today's Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast. We're going to dive into a really important topic today we're gonna talk about how logistics technology is helping to optimize contingency planning and capacity planning. And the supply chain has certainly been faced with an unparalleled set of challenges due to the global pandemic. And certainly COVID-19 has had an impact, not just globally, but over a very extended horizon. But I want you to remember that supply chain disruptions happen with regularity. They occur all the time, whether it's in the area of health and safety, weather or natural disasters, trade disputes, geopolitical instability, and then disruptions in your own operations, whether it's a product recall, maybe a manufacturing site that's down, packaging issues, you name it. These types of disruptions happen with a great sense of regularity and you really need techniques that are gonna help you to plan contingencies and use your capacity as effectively as possible. So business continuity has taken front stage. And certainly we as supply chain professionals are the ones that are tasked with solving these problems. But the good news is there's been some remarkable changes in logistics and supply chain technology. And I'm really excited to dive into a couple of those today. Whether we're talking about leveraging artificial intelligence, machine learning, advanced analytics, these technology elements are gonna help you make better decisions faster each and every day. And as supply chain leaders, we're the ones that need to help our businesses become more nimble. We need to help them understand how you can in fact leverage these technologies to provide great service to increase efficiency, and yes, to control costs all while mitigating risk. So on this topic of how logistics technology can help you optimize contingency planning and capacity, I've got two guests with us today. And I'm really excited to introduce you to two folks that are leading technology around logistics automation and greater visibility. They're both with TransPlace. And we've got with us Jim French, who is the Chief Technology Officer, and Steve Barber, who is the Senior Vice President of Platform at TransPlace. Let me tell you just a little bit about TransPlace and then Jim and Steve are gonna tell you much more. But if you're not familiar with TransPlace, they are a leading provider of advanced logistics technology solutions. They serve global shippers and they help with key capabilities around process automation, network optimization, and proactive visibility. Now TransPlace also powers the largest managed transportation and logistics network in the world. So we have two experts with us and a company that's doing some really interesting things. So let's get started and let me have them introduce themselves. I wanna start with Jim Jim French, Chief Technology Officer with Transplace, could you introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about where you are, what you do, and you know how you're helping to impact the ability to plan more effectively?
2: So, Corinne, first of all, great to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, I'm Jim French, Chief Technology Officer at Transplace. I spent my career, my entire career in technology, helping companies build and operate high volume high-available, high-throughput technology systems with a global footprint, which is exactly what we're doing here at TransPlace. As you know, we are the largest managed transportation and logistics network in the world. We spend a lot of time talking about and executing on exactly the things you're talking about. Supply chain visibility, advanced uh, analytics and so forth.
1: Very good, thank, thank you for that intro. I'm gonna dive back into a couple of those topics in just a minute. Steve, let's get you to introduce yourself and, and talk about what you're doing with TransPlace as well.
3: Sure. And I'll echo with Jim's comments. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and talk a little bit about what TransPlace is doing and what we're doing specifically in our roles. Um, I lead uh, our platform team at TransPlace. I've got responsibility for our product and our product strategy, really making sure that our technology aligns with the business needs and with the market needs for uh, the transportation space. So probably, I tell people probably the the second coolest job in the company. I have more fun than anybody else. I get to talk to hundreds of innovators and, and developers and technologists and customers. On an annual basis, and and every day, I'm learning more about what the market needs and the unique ways that some of these these innovators have to to meet that need. I've I've been in the transportation business now for almost 30 years. I started as a dispatcher working for a little trucking company in Memphis, Tennessee, and and I've got to tell you, it's it's the most exciting time to be in supply chain and transportation in my career. And I, I think that it's a there's a lot of really good stuff to come, and, and it's exciting to be on the cutting edge of that.
1: Well, that's exciting. And I like people who are fired up about supply chain innovation and what you're doing day in and day out. On that topic of innovation, right? So, so Jim, we, we want to talk about contingency planning, right? And business continuity planning. Tell us a little bit but from the perspective of a chief technology officer, some of the things that are happening in this area that are new and interesting that um, maybe the average supply chain professional isn't familiar with today
2: yeah it's a great question and, and as you noted, it's a topic that that i think will be on the radar for quite some time we do expect logistics to experience volatility in this year as well from a kind of back of the house perspective there is this need for greater insights and then the technology is just in the neighbor for that you know advances in compute and storage and network and then just the general interconnectedness of companies, of operators, of suppliers in this sphere means that we can just get that data into our system. We have this multi-tenant SaaS platform. It's ideally placed to ingest that data and we can use advanced uh, AI and ML to kind uh, of just see what's going to happen next run our algorithms over it. I would absolutely urge supply chain leaders to invest in tech that boosts insights for contingency planning and continuity. It's top of mind at Transplace. We just recently upgraded our our tracking portal and our control tower, uh, control tower, Barton to show hotspots for weather and traffic, and essentially try and I won't say predict the problems before they occur because that's kind of not that's just a soundbite. But to to be in a position to watch them unfold and then mit- mitigate them in a very timely manner before they become overly serious or cause you know a a cascading effect within the
1: network. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you mentioned a number, I think, of very important and interesting things there, the impact of weather, right? We all know that weather is local and it impacts operations on a local basis. But when we're moving goods you know, over the roadways, it can really hinder our availability to deliver. But weather also impacts things like increased demand for certain products in certain regions as well. So Jim, one question for you: Does Transplace work with just the largest brands in the world, or are you working with mid size and small companies as well?
2: We have some very high-volume shippers, some very well-known brands um, operating with us. It was interesting. You, you mentioned COVID and the volatility of supply. Some of these shippers, at the outset of, of COVID, with the, the kind of stocking-up scenario, we just saw huge transaction volumes coming through our system. And I'll, I'll be very honest: we were we were looking at the data and saying well what's going on here and that's when that's when i first realized that before it hit the news that people were starting to stock up it. it was very very insightful and as you you know as you as you noted when when something like that occurs then that's capacity being consumed for let's say those consumables or in the case of a weather event you know maybe there's a weather event in a particular locality that's going to constrain Capacity leaving there, going to another area. So you might not be directly affected by the weather. Let's say you're in the northeast, and there's weather in the southeast. It's not immediately apparent. Well, that's that's down in the southeast. But then, as the capacity gets used up there, that has this knock-on effect uh, where you are, and that's just that's the cascade uh, cascading effect that I'm talking about. We see that with the container shortage out of China right now, and that what that what that is doing to the ports in on the west coast and the the attendant problem that is that is ripping through the network.
1: Yes, those are great examples of that cascading and ripple effect throughout a global network. And, and certainly for a business like TransPlace that serves a global shipper community, that, that becomes certainly a value that you can bring to your customers as well, that visibility and understanding of what's happening from a predictive aspect using technology. Yeah. Now, Steve Barber, SVP of Platform with the second best job at TransPlace. I'd ask what the best job is, but I don't want Jim to hear what your answer is going to be <laughs> for that one. So our, our CEO would be about? happy
3: to tell you when you when you talk to him next week, I promise. Okay. He, that's the best <laughs> job, right?
1: <laughs> All right. So the second best job at TransPlace. So we've been talking a little bit about COVID and capacity, and Jim is has just shared, you know, a couple of great examples of some of those cascading events. With the COVID-19 lockdown, we also saw a simultaneous need to move some very specific products to market, right? Increased demand for personal protective equipment, for cleaning gear, for toilet paper, for crying out loud, you know, for all of these products to get to market. Talk to us a little bit about how TransPlace was able to help customers and help move those goods to market, even when there was extreme volatility that was happening.
3: Yeah, I think that, I think it's a great question. And, and one of the things that that folks realized early in the, in, the, um, in the pandemic is that this was going to be a lasting change in the networks that are operating, right? Mm-hmm. And it was gonna, and it happened very rapidly. So the ability to adapt those networks with intelligence and with some some data intelligence and to see what was actually happening very quickly, as Jim mentioned, was critical. The other thing that was important was the ability to connect the dots, the ability to take that network and say to carriers and shippers, hey, this freight's not moving anymore over here because the automotive supply chain was shutting down or some other portion of the retail networks were, were slowing because of store closures and the state closures that were happening on kind of a rolling basis across the country. But we have this other freight that we need to connect you with and we need to we need to do that very rapidly with, with great transparency through a platform and through a network. Our technology is uniquely positioned to be able to take those customer networks. It's a single instance platform that really allows us to rapidly find those areas of opportunity for carriers and for shippers to take advantage of the synergies that happen in the network conditions. And we've got this $11 billion freight network that... Frankly, last year didn't change in total volume very much. But if you looked at the lane mix year over year, it's astounding the differences between between the lanes that we're moving and our ability mm-hmm. to say to carriers, we need the capacity over here, and you've got the capacity available. How can we collaborate? How can we coordinate and work together to make those shipments happen? You know, find the right sp- spaces for those carriers to interact to minimize the total impact of that change that's occurring. Is, As Jim mentioned, we had some customers that went, they had 100 to 150% increases overnight. We had other customers that had 30 to 40% decreases overnight. And so being able to to make those mixes and make those connections happen in an intelligent, thoughtful way with true visibility of what's happening in the market, it was was a big thing for us to be able to to accommodate for our shippers. It, It wasn't perfect and it took a lot of, it still took a lot of elbow grease, but the technology enabled it to happen. And that was what was important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things that you said there, Steve, I think I heard you correctly. Did you say 11 billion with a B, 11 billion in freight under management?
3: Yeah, that's right. It is a a B. And there's a lot of folks that will claim a large freight network. I will tell you as somebody that's been in the business, we have shippers of all shapes and sizes throughout the world utilizing our transportation system to manage their business from beginning to end. It's not a Mm -hmm. part of the shipper network. It's not a few shipments for a shipper. We're managing their entire network of business and freight. For most shippers, it's inbound, outbound, transfers, truckload less than truckload rail, intermodal, cross-border. We've got visibility of that entire order cycle, and that gives us a real benefit. As we look at that big freight network, we've also got the carriers that go along with it with 25 to 30,000 carriers that are moving freight on behalf of our customers. The scale already exists in the transportation, in, in the Transplace network. And we've got the technology now to connect the shippers and the carriers and and make best use of that scale.
1: So talk to me for just a minute about that scale, right? We, We talked a little bit, Jim mentioned artificial intelligence and machine learning, right? These technologies are incredible, number one, because of the speed with which they can process and identify new patterns of usage that maybe we haven't been able to see in the past with just normal algorithmic planning. When we think about artificial intelligence and machine learning, one of the things that comes to mind for me is that these technologies are data hungry, right? The more data I feed them, the more trained and responsive they get over time, right? So that means that we've really got to help harness data and maybe tap into some new data sources. So you just mentioned a lot of carriers, a lot of customers, and a connected network. Talk to me a little bit about data and what you're doing, maybe to make that easy for your customers.
3: Yeah, I think it's a it's a great point. So, in order to transact the level of business that we have with these shippers, right? We are we're optimizing their freight into uh, multi-stop, multi-order truckload shipments. We're routing them through cross facilities. We're finding spot capacity for them on the ten to fifteen to twenty percent of their freight that falls out of the route guide. In order to do all of that, we have to understand everything about that business. We have to understand the size of the boxes, the pallet quantities, the equipment that can be used, their carrier base and contracts and rates. And so all of that data is consolidated in the execution process. It already already exists. It's being sent and used to manage their business and then the outs on the on the back end of that process is all of the transaction data from the shipping that we completed. So the ability to move that product through our network and get those shipment statuses and, and transaction updates. Much of that now is facilitated through this open platform that Transplace has created using APIs, using integrations with our shippers and our carriers, the ability to connect all of that, that data and then have the output on the backside to exactly as you mentioned, allow our data scientists and our data partners to then create algorithms that we can lay on top of the future data and make educated predictions and educated. They're no longer swags, right? They're now educated predictions and guesses and the ability to say with, with confidence that this is the rate that we should expect. And these are the rates and the cost and the and the service levels that we should go after in order to meet the needs of our business. The other piece that we're doing, I think that's important from an API standpoint, is connecting for real-time transactional data, whether it's shipment status for visibility or the information about where a truck is and what they're doing in real time, all the way to real-time spot index pricing. And so being able mm-hmm. to say to a carrier, uh, if you have the ability, you can you could submit real-time information to us about what rate you're willing to move shipments at today. And we're not doing that for one carrier, We have the capability to do it for hundreds of carriers all at one time. And so in a very short amount of time, we can come up with that with that true market price that you should expect to pay not last week or last month. But today at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, what's it going to cost to get a truck to move that load of freight. And that's a big deal. You know that that connectedness of data, balancing it with the prediction of what we think should happen and the reality of what carriers are willing to do today. We can deliver that to our shippers and and, and carrier partners in real time to find the right opportunities for them to connect and collaborate.
1: Yeah, I like that. And and I think that that's an interesting example that you just shared as well, right? Because capacity is is perishable inventory when when you're a shipper, right? Or a carrier. If you're shipping air, you're not making any money (laughs) in the mix, right? So you're going to travel the miles. You might as well be moving some goods if, if you can take advantage of that. And certainly APIs are a huge part of connecting this network. When I think of APIs, I think of them in two ways. One, we frequently hear that data is the long pole in harnessing new technology and and new capabilities. So when I I think of having those APIs readily available, it, it really opens the door to more plug and play and ease and acceleration of things like time to value. Is that a fair statement?
3: Uh, It absolutely is. I'll take that one first, Jim, and then you can add on. The the average time to, to bring a new customer into the TransPlace infrastructure has gone from months to weeks to days. We are absolutely capable of leveraging our API infrastructure and connection history and integrations or and a lot of shippers particularly small and medium-sized shippers they just want to be able to plug into what we have and we can do that very very quickly through our api integrations as well as our configurable single instance system you know to, to connect those carriers and the and the shippers very quickly they can also plug into our connected carrier network very quickly and so if we want to take freight to market on behalf of a customer and get it to a large number of carriers in a very short amount of time, they're connected to our network, they're connected to our platform, and we can make that happen very quickly.
1: Excellent. Jim, anything you would add to that?
2: Well, I was going to jump in, but I think Steve nailed it. Our <laughs> unique technology deployment model is such that this data is centralized. Gotcha. You multiple tenants working over one instance of technology, but of course, Transactional level detail is kept separate because it has to be. But when it comes to deriving insights from that data, it is one deployment model. And I think it gives TransPlace a unique perspective and frankly advantage over some of the other companies out there.
1: Well, that's a great place to kind of jump into the fact that you've been pretty busy. So COVID-19 wasn't enough. It seems like TransPlace has done a number of acquisitions through the course of 2020 as well. Tell us a little bit, Jim, about that and, and why the logic behind some of those acquisitions and how they're creating some synergies for your for your customers.
2: Well, those acquisitions tremendously exciting, and yes, when we when we didn't have anything else to do, we we embarked. <laughs> Each of those acquisitions was strategically thought out to to enhance our capability in a particular area, as well okay. as of course servicing those customers. So. When we think about scan data, I mean, those guys built a world-class, high transaction, highly available parcel processing system, servicing some of the biggest parcel shippers in the world. So, they know what parcel is. We were able to acquire that knowledge and bring it inside TransPlace. That's a win. Similarly with LeanCore, they have some of the best planning and optimization capability in the world for for supply chain, particularly for manufacturing. So their their plan for every part capability, for instance, is something that when we were going through this, we thought that is something that we will absolutely use, um, and we intend in we are we have integrated that into our platform. The last one is uh, Lanehill. I mean, those guys they built this unique collaborative matching platform not only when, when they became part of the TransPlace family did we acquire the technology, we we became partners with the folks who built that technology. So not only do they know how it works, but when they go talk to our customers, to their customers, they're bringing that perspective of, this is why the light bulb came on. Mm-hmm. This is why it's important that this can help you get greater efficiencies, greater visibility, greater, greater visibility into, into your supply chain
1: yeah and and i imagine that that those working together with the the capabilities that you have already and have had in the marketplace this theme of optimizing capacity gets even more interesting it's it's like kind of like an onion right there there are more and more levels of optimization that can occur as you solve a larger problem or a larger set of probabilities for customers as well is that a fair yeah. statement
2: it is it is an onion it's it's also kind of like a rubik's cube right because you you change one thing here and then something changes over there so getting them all to kind of line up and then get Mm -hmm. that solid that solid ball of color on one side of the rubik's cube i'm sure if i had more time i'd come up with a better toy analogy but i know exactly what you're saying it's those interchangeable parts where a pebble here causes a ripple all the way over
1: yeah yeah absolutely so in, in addition to these acquisitions which congratulations to to you and the team i know that Probably one of those would be a challenge in in normal or an exciting opportunity, not a challenge, but an exciting opportunity in normal business conditions. But the fact that you you are working so hard to really help customers in such an extraordinary period of time, kudos to you and the team for for bringing together these new capabilities. Jim, in addition to that, in addition to the acquisitions to helping address COVID-19, I understand you guys have been up to some pretty interesting things in bringing technology and innovation into the platform as a whole. So tell us a little bit about how you and your team stay on top of that. How do you make it easy, if you will, for a customer to onboard as Steve was saying so quickly and easily and tap into that proven capability versus trying to figure out how to do it on their own.
2: Oh boy. You might have to give me the,
0: the thing <laughs> here
2: but you, you get me start on one of my favorite topics which is uh, innovation so one in addition to the the talent that came to us through the acquisitions and if that's a challenge I'll take a challenge like that every day yep. because we are experiencing such rapid growth we have this opportunity to bring new team members in and we're very thoughtful and strategic about the skill sets they're bringing the experience they're having whether it's with another company or from mm. from an academic setting and again because we're growing we can bring those in these folks in and they can complement our existing staff which is extremely well versed in in logistics and supply chain so you got that blend of well i know how it works and well i know what the art of the possible and you put Mm -hmm. that together and i think really good things can happen we talk to our strategic vendors our partners they know that transplace is a large and growing company so they're always a Interested in making us aware of what of how they could help us, so in areas of data science and automation and APIs, we have we sponsor a number of internal initiatives to foster innovation. We have a we have an annual hackathon, which is ah, one of my favorite hackathon. events of the year. We have a, a we call it the elevator pitch, which is open to the whole company. Anybody can come up, come in with like a three-minute spiel on this is the next big thing. I know that Frank McGuigan, our CEO, he loves it. The whole C team sits and judges it. And we truly do get participation from every part of the company. It's, it's, it's a it's, a, it's a great thing. We have you know internal knowledge sharing and just a, a, an effort to break down silos. We have a very active cab. Uh, we talk to our cab and they tell us what's, what's top of mind for them. We work very closely with our customers to hear their pain points, what's working, what's not, and just addressing that. Some innovation is, is problem-solving. Some of it is groundbreaking, but some of it is just you know, removing friction from the system. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah we're, I'm, I'm proud of the, the innovative output of the technology team at TransPlace, and frankly, all of TransPlace. We're, it's all part of the process.
1: Yeah, and Steve, it sounds like you get involved in a little of that problem-solving and brainstorming as well.
3: It is the, the the crux of my role at TransPlace. So um, as leader of our product team, you know, we're all about innovation, but the, the one thing I'd mention, and I think Jim really highlighted is that listening to our business and our customers points us in the direction of what we need to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't solve it for us, but, uh, you know, I, I, I believe in the philosophy of kind of fall in love with the problem, understand the business problem, understand it as clearly and as accurately as humanly possible and then start to explore potential solutions and explore a bunch of them right find the ways that you're going to be able to innovate maybe you can solve it with better better connectivity through APIs maybe it's a marketplace maybe it's a new platform or a, a new automation or you know some other piece of technology but you know technology exists to solve a business problem and we ought to be able to take the technology and apply it to a business problem and have a realistic objective and outcome that, that serves the needs of our customers and our business. And that's when, when I get really excited about what we're doing at TransPlace, whether it's our, our new APIs or improvement in our spot procurement models and, and you know, getting more intelligent about how we're, we're predicting what the market's gonna do or, or improving our customer's scores and their OTIF for, for the major retailers. Whatever those things are, when we apply technology and see meaningful gain in in their key performance metrics, that that does it for us i mean that's really what we're all about you know putting a putting a cool new screen out there is, is great but if it's just a cool new screen it's not mm-hmm. actually accomplishing what we need it to for on behalf of our customers we want them to be able to plug in utilize and get benefit from the technology that we deploy and and we're we're pretty successful at doing that we found some really good ways to to bring value in the last year and and we've got some really good ideas about what we're going to do in 2021.
1: Well, and I'm with you. That's the kind of stuff that that gets you really excited, right? When you can you you can really understand the benefit and the impact you're able to provide for the customer. Steve, when we talk about supply chain, right? One of the things we're always talking about is certainly efficiencies and cost control. But in today's world, we're also able to talk about things like automation and new service opportunities. And you guys have done some interesting things in these areas, right? Enable to, Jim mentioned a few minutes ago, to be more predictive about what's going to happen so that we can be more proactive about how to respond to those conditions. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in some of these areas of automation and maybe just give us a few examples?
3: Sure. Automation in in the past- Five to 10 years has really been about how do I keep from entering data in a spreadsheet? How do I improve my integration to, to not have to manually plug data into a into a into a form somewhere? And that's those are great. And, and we have absolutely done things like creating robotic process automation to, to schedule delivery appointments at a shipper's location. We were, you know, we're one of the first to do that because we, not because we needed to improve the efficiency of the team. That was a huge benefit. But as you mentioned, things expire in the supply chain world and DCs fill up. And if I'm scheduling delivery appointments and it takes till three o'clock in the afternoon for a human being to get around to trying to schedule that delivery appointment, all of the appointments are gone and I'm going to miss the delivery time and cost our customers money and cost that inventory not being on the shelf. A robot can do it at 6am, it can do it at 3am, it can do it in the middle of the night, on a Saturday, on a Sunday afternoon, and there's real benefit to that. Now, Mm -hmm. those are all great enhancements, but where's the ultimate value in automation and the ultimate value in being able to predict? It's it's gathering data now. So what we're using robots and, and automation to do today is we're going out and we're, we're gathering in the data that is required to feed our data science. So additional shipment status updates from carriers on when they were where so that we can know uh, what happened and do some root cause analysis and, and have the system be able to then predict when that same situation could occur based on all of those factors. The ability to take AI and machine learning and predict if a shipment has a high probability of being late so mm-hmm. that we can, instead of looking at 100 shipments, We can look at the 10 that are going to be late. When I have loads that need to be covered in the spot market, is there a way for me to avoid going to the spot market in general? Can I go instead to key partner carriers and say to them, we have these opportunities that we believe are going to exist based on our prediction about what's happening in the marketplace. Do you have committed capacity that you'd be able to make available for a short or long term to be able to cover freight? And we can use all those data science models and machine learning and automations to make that happen. Powered by whether it's a robot or an API model or an integration with a partner Mm -hmm. that's feeding data and growing that database to be able to make those predictions more accurate and more timely.
1: Several great examples there. And, And you said a few things that made me want to come back to something, Jim, that you mentioned a short time ago. But as we talk about spot market, if you will, let's talk a little bit about taking technology or the application of technology? And what's your current thinking around maybe some advancements for on-demand freight? You know, the kind of the uberization, if you will, of freight and delivery. What kind of things are happening in that area, Jim?
2: Well, thats uh, that's been an area of intense focus and conversation. I mean, our, our opinion is that the book hasn't been written on this yet. We're writing our chapter and I think there'll be future chapters. Steve can certainly talk about you know, this notion of intelligent spot and how we're facilitating that when something does fall through the routing guide, when it doesn't get that that first port of call, how we now facilitate through our technology a really, I would say frictionless, seamless opportunity to, to just find the next available option for it.
1: Yeah. And Steve, when you're when you're engaging with customers, right, around some of this thought leadership and the interesting things you're thinking about from an innovation perspective, you know, what, what are some of the barriers for them? What, what do they think about or they think is a barrier that you're able to show how quick and easy they can really harness the capabilities of a full network?
3: Yeah, the biggest barrier is, is probably their past experience. They're not maybe as familiar with where the industry has made it to in regards to that ability to integrate and, and execute quickly. Maybe they implemented an ERP 10 years ago and it was the most painful experience <laughs> of their life. Maybe they're, they're trying to figure out how to, how to work their kid's computer or, or their, their new iPhone application. And there's some concern about technology or just misunderstanding about what's there. What I would say is that you know our job in some areas is to educate and to be able to show that we can kind of bear the burden, so to speak, mm-hmm. that we've built the technology that can enable a lot of that connected, the, the, the connectivity that needs to happen. And the other piece is that we can, we can work directly with their IT organizations to accurately estimate. We're the, we're the kings of meeting timelines. We're the kings of meeting deadlines. And And what we want to do is is be able to show to those customers that it's not as difficult as they might think based on the technology investment that we've already made, that they can just come be a part of, yep. they can come participate in um, as, as opposed to how they might have been before. Yeah, you know, Jim mentioned the, the intelligent spot opportunities that are there. That's that's one great area that there's a bunch of folks that are looking at the you, you mentioned uberization you know someday so you're going to you're going to call it the transplacization of freight the ability <laughs> for us
1: trademark. we'll trademark that now. TM, i don't oh,
3: think yeah. you should tm that one because that was a mouthful i don't, I don't <laughs> think i can say that again the ability for us to go out to the providers that are that are connecting directly to the drivers the the ubers and some of the others what we want to be is the is the marketplace for the for the for the carriers and for the shippers. We wanna be the place that that the shippers bring their freight and the carriers and those partners, not disintermediating the the brokers or the digital Mm -hmm. brokers or the individual drivers, but actually being able to use all of that available data that's coming in now as a result of this connected network. I mean, cell phones and the connections via APIs to be able to take all of that information and, and be able to plug them together and say, we've got a network of freight Here's the network of drivers. What's the best way for them to collaborate? And all of that connective tissue, it's kind of like the internet. When you call the cable company and they come and they hook up your cable modem, you just plug it in and it works. Yep. And we want to be that for the
2: shipper and carrier community at TransPlace.
1: I love that. If I may add, Corinne,
2: um, yeah. what, what Steve described there, I'm tremendously excited about our API. It's not, because it's not just because it's it's a different way to connect, but it's throwing our platform open Mm. So that it becomes as open to external entities to use it as it is internally. So, you know, a module within TransPlace is connected through APIs. We've been doing that for years. Making those now modules or capabilities available in the exact same manner to external customers means that you can share data in real time. You can get responses in real time. It's just much more responsive than maybe that was... Than maybe was possible in the past so if there was some skepticism that this hasn't worked in the past just consider that the technology has moved along since then in addition
1: yeah that's a, that's a great point point. and technology is moving at a rapid rapid clip yeah. what i want to remind our audience today is you know the winston churchill quote never waste a good crisis right use this as an opportunity to drive innovation and think about how you can actually harness technology to give you better information about the potentials or the scenarios for your business. And and Jim, when we think about this topic of contingency planning, right? How do I respond or what are the the possible avenues I could take in order to get product to market or bring product into my business um, or even do transfers between my facilities? When you think about contingency playing, Jim, what one recommendation would you want to leave our audience with today about what they should be thinking about or maybe an opportunity that might be readily available to them?
2: Real-time insights.
1: Knowing what's
2: happening now will tell you what's going to happen very shortly. If If I find out today what happened a week ago, then the bad thing has already happened. Right, probably. Yep. If I can see it developing in real time, then obviously I'm a step ahead in terms of how I can mitigate that, address it, make some contingency plan.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I often say that I would rather prevent a late order than report the late order, right? that That proactive nature of kind of getting out in front of the problem, or the ability to call your customer and say, I need you to know It's going to be late. And I'm proactively communicating that to you versus waiting for you to call me a little upset about it in the mix. So I think that it changes the nature of the relationship as well. It it makes trading partner relationships much stronger in the mix and also says, hey, I'm watching and I'm trying to serve you with the best possible outcome for your business. Let's get through this and figure out how to resolve or work around from a contingency perspective.
2: And not only do you have that, you're exactly right, that that element of proactivity, but you're going to make a better decision because you have better data. You're going to have a better outcome simply because you're armed with more data and more more lead time in which to make those, in which to operate those, those good decisions.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great point. That's a great point. I love that. So Steve, how about from your perspective, what final thought would you want to share with our audience today?
3: Yeah, I think that our, our platform is built around the idea that that we have only a few assets at TransPlace. We're a non-asset provider. We've got mm-hmm. our, our people, we've got our technology, and we've got our network and our scale. And the, the message I want to get across is that the three of those things are what make make us a global leader in the space. Our, our technology investment has been just astounding. And the, the gains we've made in the last four to five years is is, is really excellent. It is powered by those professional logisticians and development and technology leads that are are capable of delivering that kind of value through technology. And then the scale of our network is really what, it's the secret sauce. We can take advantage, there's lots of folks out there that can do from a technology standpoint, something that's similar to what Transplace has been able to do, but what they all want and what they all really need is that network of shippers and carriers to tie it all together and make it effective and efficient. Yeah, you know, we're we're in an enviable position as far as I'm concerned. We've we've got the ability to do both. And when we put something together that works, we know it works right away and we can scale it very quickly. And that's that's pretty exciting to have the the trifecta of really great uh, professional folks that understand transportation down to the nth degree, the great technology that we have and the, the leadership that we have at Transplace in that technology space, and, and a great customer base that, that allows us to operate a tremendous network of freight and have that scale.
1: All right, so that wasn't one thing, but that definitely brings <laughs> br- brings or interweaves three things together, and, uh, and, and I think it is an interesting way to kind of wrap up our discussion today. So there's no doubt, Jim French and Steve Barber, that contingency planning and business continuity are top of mind for organizations around the world. And I think, you know, obviously the extraordinary events around COVID and the extended period of time that it is impacting business has really accelerated the adoption of technology in a couple of different ways. I read a, a McKinsey report that said in the course of about 10 months, digital transformations had accelerated over what would have been four years of adoption. So when we go back to that thought process of don't waste a crisis, right? It's clear that companies are looking to harness technology to connect, not just their organization, but to connect their business to their suppliers and their customers. So this is a great time to think about becoming more digital and optimizing network-wide capabilities. I like the idea, Jim, of what you shared where we've got a network that is readily available and already connected because that takes another barrier out of the way, right? And and helps us progress that much faster as we tap into some of the latest capabilities, as Jim mentioned, around machine learning or artificial intelligence or the expanded problem set of moving goods throughout the network. So I want to thank both of you for joining me today here on Tech Talk, Jim French, the Chief Technology Officer with TransPlace, and Steve Barber, the Senior Vice President of Platforms. Guys, let me ask you, how can our audience get in touch with you or learn more about some of these topics? Steve, let's start with you.
3: Yeah, for me, reach reach out to us through our website, transplace.com, or I'm on LinkedIn and always happy to, to get a note there.
1: Okay, great. Jim, how about from your perspective?
2: Exactly the same.
1: Okay, great. So I do think LinkedIn is a great way to connect with both Jim and Steve, and we'll put your contacts in the show notes. So we'll make that easy for you just to click through and connect on, but also tap into many of those resources that are available on Transplay. So in addition to developing these solutions, they're also producing a lot of really interesting thought leadership content that may give you a few things to think about as you put your strategies together and think about how you move goods more efficiently and effectively and plan for contingencies throughout your network. I hope the insights today are gonna help you raise your supply chain IQ. And on the topic of raising your supply chain IQ, please tap into many of the available resources, not only on transplace.com, but also on supplychainnow.com. And while you're on supplychainnow.com, Check out Tech Talk, that's T-E-K-T-O-K, and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss a single episode. This is Corinne Bursa with my guests, Jim French and Steve Barber from TransPlace. And we want to help you eliminate some of the noise and really focus in on the information that's going to allow you to transform your business and replace risky inventory with valuable insights. We'll see you next time.